right, I'm going to dismiss our Kickstart kids, all of our fourth and fifth graders. It's a, it, it, it's a great way to get cheap applause when I actually remember. I, <laughs> but it is, it is good to, to be worshiping with all of you today. I'm grateful to have uh, all of you here. My name is uh, Pat Malloy, and I am the uh, pastor here. And uh, if we've not had the chance to meet yet, I'll be outside. Um, outside after, after service today, I'd love for you just to come up and say hello and, and uh, introduce yourself as well. And we are in a series right now that we are calling Purposeful. And, and in this series, what we've been talking about is, is just kind of what, what is that thing? What, what is it that God, what is that purpose that God has for us? What is that thing that he has called all of us to? And, and God's been doing some things. He's been setting some things up, preparing us uh, as, a, as a church for our, our next steps moving forward. I'm excited about what is coming up, and we'll hear a little bit more about that a little bit later in the service. But as we stated in this series so far, one of the things that we've talked about in, in, throughout this series has, has been this idea that we all want our lives to matter. We, we all want our time on this, on this earth to, to have counted for something. We, we want our, our time, our short time that we have here to be significant in one way or another, living beyond just myself, more than just getting up, going to work, paying bills, and retiring and dying. And, and, and as we're, we're talking about purpose, we, we don't, I, if we don't have an understanding of, of what's the purpose that something has, it can become very easy for us to either misuse or abuse it. If we, if we don't have an idea of, of the purpose for something, we're not going to be able to use it to its full potential, and we might actually misuse it too. And there's a, there's a reason why so many people live a life just filled with frustration, filled with frustration, that, that maybe we don't have an understanding of what our purpose is, of what our why is. Why, why am I here? Well, what's the point? Why am I doing the things that I'm doing. And, and maybe, maybe you're busting your tail at a, at a job and it feels like nobody seems to notice, nobody seems to care. And you're just, you're working as hard as you can. You feel totally unappreciated and saying like, all right, why am I doing this? Why, why bother? Or, or maybe, maybe you're trying to, to raise your kids and you're trying to teach them, you know, how, how, to, how to be a successful young man, successful young woman, and, and it feels like no matter what it is you say, no matter what it is you do, it's just falling on deaf ears, and it could be like, man, why am I trying so hard and I'm not getting anywhere? Or maybe you're fighting for your marriage, and your spouse seems totally indifferent. All right, why, why am I striving so hard? Why am I trying to make this work when they're not in this with me? Or maybe, maybe you, you're approaching the end of your career. Maybe you've already retired. And you're trying to figure out, all right, what's next? Like, why, why am I here? Like, I, I, I feel like I still have something to offer. I don't want to be put out to pasture. What is my why? And, and today, that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to talk about finding our why. Finding our why. And so to start this message, I want, I want to share with you a verse from the book of Acts that will kind of be the basis that we're going to be talking about today. And the, the book of Acts, it was written by Luke, the same person that wrote the gospel of Luke. And what he was doing is he was, he was recording the, the early history of, of the church, the history of the early church after Jesus had ascended into heaven. Luke was a doctor, 
And as he's, he's writing in, in this particular passage, we're going to be reading in Luke, or excuse me, in Acts chapter 13. Luke is actually quoting the Apostle Paul here, and, and he's, Paul is speaking to the Jews and believing Gentiles that are living in Antioch at the time. And he says, Now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. It's a, it's a euphemistic way of saying he died. And he was buried with his ancestors, and his body decayed. Now, looking beyond that last part of saying, all right, his body started to decay and decompose, I want us to focus on the first part of that verse, because it's actually pretty amazing what it is that, that Paul is saying here. He's saying that David served God's purpose in his own generation, that David had discovered his, his why. And so I want, I want to share, I want to, at the outset, I want to share with you a quote from Dr. Miles Monroe. He was a, a pastor in the Bahamas. He passed away a couple of years ago. And one of the things he said is, the greatest tragedy in life is not death, but it's a life without purpose. It's a life without purpose. And, and I think that that is one of the, the great tragedies that we do face in our time. It is it's so many people walking through life, our young people, old people, people that, that are retired saying, all right, I don't have a purpose. I, I don't know what my why is. Why do I exist? Why am I here? Why am I walking this planet? I, I, this, this is one of the things that I think so many people found so frustrating as well during the whole COVID pandemic when, when everything was shut down and, and people were quarantined because so many of us felt stuck. We, we maybe thought we had an idea of, of what it was that we were supposed to be doing why we, were, why we were there, and then all of a sudden, everything was yanked away, and everybody had to just kind of lock in place, stay, stay in their homes for a while, and the things that we took for granted were suddenly removed from, from our lives, and many of us felt like we lost our why in the process, and, and so in helping us work through finding our why, I want to share with you some, some principles of purpose some principles of purpose. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down, or you can, you can follow along in our LSC app, but the first one is that the biggest enemy of calling is comfort. The, the biggest enemy, when it, when it comes to fulfilling our calling, fulfilling the purpose that God has for us, the biggest enemy to that is comfort. We, we live in a society that worships comfort. Like, and and we, we'll go to, to great lengths to avo- avoid even the slightest bit of discomfort. We, we don't like anything that, it, that is even mildly uncomfortable. And we, like I said, we go to great lengths to, to avoid it. And thankfully, I've, I've gotten over this in my life. There, there was a period of time where like, I went over a decade without going to the dentist because I hate going to the dentist. I hate somebody putting their fingers in my mouth. I hate the feel of that little hook scraping on your teeth. I hate the sound of the drill. I like I, I hate the X-ray thing they make you bite down on, you know. Like just like I, I sincerely hate everything there is about going to the dentist. And, and like I said, thankfully, I, I've I've pushed through this. I've gotten over this as as the years have gone by. But but I would I would avoid the dentist at all costs because it made me incredibly uncomfortable. But if we're going to fulfill our why, if we're going to fulfill the purpose that God has for us, we have to be willing to get out of our comfort zones, to be willing to push ourselves even when we might feel a little bit of discomfort. Because the biggest enemy of our calling 
is our own comfort. Pursuing our why will always involve us abandoning our comfort zones. It will always require us to, to take a step of faith. It will always require us to do something that maybe feels a little bit uncomfortable at times. And let me give you a, a, an example from the book of Acts. I, I referenced it just a few moments ago where, where what was happening, again, Luke is, is recording what's going on in, in the early church. And, and in Acts chapter 8, Luke records that after the, the stoning of Stephen, Stephen was, he, he was an early follower of Jesus. He was telling others people about it. He, 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 wouldn't, he wouldn't stop. He was, he, you know, he was told, all right, you can't talk about Jesus anymore. He continued to do so, and he was stoned to death. And after the, the stoning of Stephen, there, there was a great persecution that broke out against the early church. And, and because Jerusalem was the hub of the early church, that's where most of the early church leaders were concentrated, the, the persecution that broke out was mostly directed in and around Jerusalem. And, and so many of the early followers and leaders uh, of the early church, they actually left Jerusalem. And, and this is one of the amazing things about the good news of Jesus, that, that even, when the, 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 even when the powers of darkness tried to stamp out the gospel, the very act of the persecution coming actually spread the gospel even further. Because those that, that had the good news, they ended up taking that good news with them. They shared it wherever they went, to the, to the cities and towns around them. And, and one of those who left Jerusalem, his name was Philip. And, and in Acts chapter 8, or it's chapter 8 starting in verse 4, we're introduced to Philip and what Philip is up to in the early church. And so starting in verse 4, it says, Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. And Philip went down to a city in Samaria, and he proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and they saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in the city. Like, like Luke records that as Philip was in Samaria, amazing things were happening. Great things were happening. Impure spirits were being driven out. People were being healed. People that, that were paralyzed could all of a sudden walk once again. Like th things were thriving. People were hearing about Jesus. Lives were being changed in, in this moment. I think about it in like a modern context. We think about like a, 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 a church that's just on fire. People are getting baptized. People are hearing about Jesus. People with addictions are being set free. Like, I mean, things are, are just rolling and it's an amazing time in Samaria. But when God directs our why, when God directs our purpose, our comfort ends up taking a back seat because it would be very easy for Philip in this moment to say, man, like things are going great here. I love being in Samaria. This is awesome. God is up to some amazing things. But God had a different purpose in mind for Philip. I'm going to skip forward a couple verses to chapter 8, verse 26. It says, and now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. And he started out, like, so he, he went right away. He didn't, he didn't sit here and argue with God. God is saying, hey, Philip, I got something for you. I have a purpose in mind for you, and you have to head south. You have to leave what's comfortable. You have to leave the good things that are going on right now to pursue the purpose that I have for you. And so he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch. 
which I always thought, why, why, do, why do you have to include that part? I mean, but, but anyways, he was an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandake, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. The, the, this passage actually goes on to, to tell how Philip explains to the Ethiopian about what he's reading, and he ends up talking to this Ethiopian official about Jesus. And, and he, the Ethiopian, he goes and he gets baptized right then and there. And, and no doubt the Ethiopian, when he went back home, he started to tell other people about what he had experienced. He started telling them about Jesus. And, and and this side of heaven, like untold numbers of people, heard about Jesus through what Philip did in, in sharing Jesus with this Ethiopian official. But Philip had to be willing to leave what was comfortable. He had to be willing to leave Samaria, where good things were happening, good things were going on, and do something uncomfortable, going and talking to somebody he'd never met before, that he had no idea what his response was going to be. Because he knew his why. He was following the purpose that God had for him. And it wouldn't have happened had Philip stayed in Samaria where things were comfortable. Where things were going well. Like finding our why and following our purpose is always going to require us to give up some level of control. To give up something where, where we find comfort in those moments. And, and just a side note, I, I want to talk a little bit about something that applies here. And I mentioned last Sunday that next week we're going to gather here at, at 1030. We're going to worship together as, as we always do here in, in our worship center. But after worship, we're going to actually take church outside of our, our church walls. And, and we're going to walk and we're going to pray for our community. We're going to have several routes to choose from to walk through different spots in, in our neighborhood, walking by different areas that we're, where we have connections here as, as, as a church. And, and, and for those that, that can't go actually out and walking, we're going to have prayer stations set up here around our church building as well. And, and we're, going to, we're going to walk through our community. We're going to pray for our community, praying for our neighbors, our community partners, other churches in the area. We're going to pray for, for schools, for businesses. And, and obviously, like, you're not required to, to pray out loud or anything, but, but we're going to have different prayer prompts that we're going to give everybody along the way. Just things for, for you to just to guide your time as, as, you're, as you're walking around, as you're praying for our neighbors that are right outside our doors here where God has planted us. And, and I recognize that this is going to be a stretch for some. Like, the act of walking through our neighborhood and, and praying may well be an uncomfortable act. But I, but I want to challenge all of us, don't let the fact that it may feel different, it may feel uncomfortable, and it may be a stretch, don't let that keep you away. I want to, I want to encourage all of us to push through, to push through that because, and be open to, to God using you to pray for and to bless our neighbors and our neighborhood. Because like I said, our, our, the biggest enemy to calling, the biggest enemy to our purpose is comfort. And we know that we've been called to love our community. We know that God has planted us here. We know that God has, has purposed us to be a blessing right here in our neighborhood and in our community. And so don't let comfort keep you from being used by God to make a difference and believing big things for our neighbors. 
The, the next kind of principle of purpose I do want to talk about is this idea that your purpose isn't for you. Your purpose isn't for you. Your purpose is God's purpose. The, the purpose that God created you for is not for you. It's not to, to make your life amazing. It's not to make your life better. The purpose we have is God's purpose in our life. And, and David understood this. David understood this. We referenced what Paul said about David, that when he had fulfilled God's purpose in his generation, then he, he died. And, and so often in, in, Paul, or excuse me, in David's life, he wrote about this. He wrote about the purpose that God had for him. And, and, in, and even in difficult times and difficult situations, there, there were multiple times where David wrote down different psalms as he was on the run for his life from Saul, who was, who was out trying to kill him. And one of those was in Psalm 57, where in Psalm 57, verse 2, he says, I cry out to God most high, to God who will fulfill his purpose in me. He'll fulfill his purpose in me. And, and, and I love David for so many reasons, but one of them is that David was not trying to, to find and discover what his purpose is. Da David wasn't about trying to, to fulfill his dreams, his purpose, his ideas. He was trying to fulfill God's purpose in his life. And there's a big difference between the two. One has me at the center of it. What, what is my purpose? And the other one has God at the center of it. How do I fill, fulfill your purpose? How, how do I fulfill God's purpose in my life? Now, now what, so, I mean, we're, we're, we're using this word often over and over. So, so what does that mean? What, what does the word purpose even even really mean. And, and purpose is, is the original intent that something was created for. The original intent that something was created for. The, and, and for every one of us, we have a purpose, that we have a creator. We have somebody, that we have a God that designed each and every one of us with an original purpose, an original intent in mind. If we think back to Ephesians 2.10, we talked about this verse before, that we are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God prepared ahead of time for us to do. That God created you with things in mind that he had for you to do. Purpose is what is something that we were, we were originally intended for. Now, if we think for, for just a moment about the idea and about the concept of sin. Like often in the church world, if we hear the word sin or we think about sin, we think of something, you know, awful, gross, heinous that maybe we did. But in the New Testament, the Greek word that means sin is hamartia. And hamartia is, it's an archery term. It, it literally means to miss the mark, to miss the target. And that's what sin is. Sin, sin is us missing the mark, missing our purpose, what, what we were originally created for. It, it's sin is violating the purpose for which we were intended. And we miss the mark when we start going after something that we were not originally intended for. It's one of the reasons it's so easy for us to fall into sin. We try to find meaning. We try to find purpose in all sorts of other things. We try, we, you know, maybe, maybe this relationship will, will bring me some fulfillment. Maybe this relationship will bring me some purpose, some happiness. Maybe this drink, this job, this drug, this habit, this vacation, maybe buying this brand, maybe this experience. And, and we, we go searching for purpose and we go searching for meaning in all kinds of other things. 
and in, and in the process and trying to find joy and trying to find fulfillment and trying to find purpose in these other things, we end up missing out on what our original intent was. We're, we're searching in the world for something that the world can't provide because our purpose is not for me. Our purpose is not to help me feel fulfilled, me feel happy. Our purpose is God's purpose. Now, the next principle of purpose I wanted to share, and this is so important, is that we don't find our purpose. We serve God's purpose. And, and, I, and I want to unpack this. We, we don't go out here, we, we don't go out trying to find our purpose. We serve God's purpose. And I, and I said before that, that I love David. He, he, David wasn't out there pursuing his dreams. Instead, he was out serving God's purpose in his life. Going back to Acts 13, I don't think it was by accident that Luke, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that he said that once David had served God's purpose in his generation. And, and looking at David's life in the Old Testament, when God told the prophet Samuel that he was going to go and anoint the next king of Israel, he was directed to go to Jesse's house. And Jesse paraded his sons. He put his oldest son up there. And, and his oldest son was, was handsome and tall and smart and, and strong. He had you know, gotten a great ACT score. Like, I mean, he was the perfect specimen. And God said to Samuel, nope, not him. And so the next son, again, just a, a strapping young man. He'd be a great candidate for king. And God said to Samuel, nope, not him either. And down the line. And, and finally Samuel calls or says to Jesse, all right, do you have any more sons? And he calls his youngest son, David, to come into the house so that Samuel could look him over, so Samuel could inspect him. So, so Samuel could say, all right, is he the one? And let me tell you what David was not doing while Samuel was looking for the next king. David, he wasn't out there trying to build his resume. He wasn't strategizing about how he could expand his brand and get noticed. He wasn't attempting to make a name for himself. He, he wasn't trying to be an influencer, trying to see, all right, how many, how many followers can I get on social media? What David was doing was simply caring for his father's sheep. This is how the psalmist writes about it in Psalm 78, verse 70. It says, He, God, chose his servant David, calling him from the sheep pens, he took David, tending the ewes and the lambs, and made him the shepherd of Jacob's descendants, God's own people, Israel. Like, he was faithfully serving and tending the sheep. And we, we talked last week in, in relation to calling, that our calling is not about what it is that God wants us to do. It's about who does God want us to become. David was, was faithfully serving his father in the sheep pens, becoming the young man that God had designed him to be, and his purpose found him. He didn't have to go out there searching for his purpose. His purpose came and found him. When, when David came and he fought Goliath, he, he was just a young teenage boy. He wasn't, again, he wasn't the strongest. He didn't have the, the most battle experience. He wasn't the bravest or, or, or any of those things. What David was doing is he was bringing his brother's lunch like, he, 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 again, he was serving. He was serving his father, taking care of the sheep. He was serving his brothers by, by bringing them lunch. Like, he wasn't out there looking for his big break. He was faithfully serving God's purpose in his generation. 
And, and I, hope, I hope this is hitting home. I hope this is making sense, that, that our purpose is not for us. Our purpose is God's purpose, and we don't find our purpose. We serve God's purpose. And, and so how do we do that? How do we, if, if I'm not looking to find my purpose, how do I go about serving God's purpose? If I'm, not, if I'm not out trying to search and find my purpose, but I'm actually serving God's purpose, what, what, does, that even, what does that even mean? And so I want you to write this down, that if we want to serve God's purpose, we start by serving God's people. It, like if, if, if we want to serve God's purpose, we start by serving God's people. And, and I feel like there might be some in the room that feel like, all right, that that just feels so lame. It's, it you know, like, I, I want something, I want something big. I want something monumental. I want something exciting. Like, that, that doesn't, like, if I want to find and serve and fulfill God's purpose, it just feels, oh, like that, that like, there, there should be something more to it. But if you remember James and John last week, like, they, James and John were all about trying to be noticed, trying to be important. And Jesus did a little object lesson with them. He said, all right, if, if you really want to be great, if you want to be a big deal, you want to really make a difference, be a servant. Go, go fetch that donkey for me. Like if we, if we want to serve God's purpose, we start by serving God's people. If, it, if it's not beneath Jesus, it's surely not beneath any one of us. And Mark 10, 45, it says, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He didn't come to serve. He didn't come, Jesus didn't come to be important. If we want to serve God's purpose, we start by serving God's people. It's not about me. It's not about my purpose and my, my thoughts. It's always about the other. It's always about someone else. I've, I've talked with, with my kids about this from, from time to time. Like when you get a job, you're not going to be the boss. You're not going to be the CEO right away. But be faithful in the sheep pens. Be faithful in the sheep pens. Be, be faithful serving, serving well, serving God's people, serving faithfully, serving with joy and with gladness. Because if you go seeking a position, you're doomed to fail from the start. But if you go seeking to serve, if, you, if, you, if you're seeking to be faithful, you'll be noticed. You will stand out. I, I've, known, I've known people in ministry like that they, they want a big ministry. They want a big church. They want a, a big stage, a big platform. And I shake my head about it because that's not what it's about. Serve people. Love people faithfully. Ser serve someone when no one else is around to notice. It doesn't start with what I want, but it starts with, all right, how do I serve God's purpose by serving his people? Wherever it is that God has planted you, serve and love faithfully. If, if you're in the sheep pen and nobody notices you, take care of those sheep like they were your own. God said that when we're faithful with the small things, when we're faithful in the sheep pens, when we're faithful in the dead-end job that doesn't seem like it's going anywhere, when we're faithful in the marriage that's struggling, when we're faithful in raising our kids, he says, God says, I'll put you in charge over many. When we're faithful in the small things, he says, I'll, I will raise you up. I will put you in charge 
over many. The, the last point I want to share this morning says this, that we aren't called to seek a platform, power, or position. We're called to serve people. We, we aren't called to, to seek a platform, a power, position, a title. We serve people. That, that, that's boiling it all down. That's what purpose is all about. That we're here to serve people. I, I, I want to I share something with you that just that drives me nuts every, every time I see it. And, and it. and it grieves my heart. That when people do something to serve someone else, but they do it for the express purpose of getting them noticed. Like I'm, I'm sure we've all we've all seen that before, where you know somebody's going and taking a meal to somebody who's homeless and they're and they're videoing it so that they can post it online or, or, or you know, you're giving uh, you know, money to someone who's in need and you're posting it out there for other people to see. And, and, like, and politicians do this all the time. Like I, I'm going to pick on Ted Cruz, but, but both sides do it. I don't know if you remember, there was a big ice storm in 2021 that knocked power out to a, a huge part of Texas. And like people were without power, they were without water. And, and Ted Cruz, he ended up packing up and going to Cancun. I don't know if you guys re remember this at all. And, and there was a big backlash. People got on his case about it that, you know, like while your state is struggling, you're off in, in Mexico. And so he, so he promptly came back. And he started to post on his Twitter account pictures of him loading water into people's cars. And, you know, like, oh, no, 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 I, I really am serving people. And both, like I said, both sides do this kind of thing. But when we serve people with the heart that Jesus had, we're not doing it for the purpose of being noticed. We're not, we're not doing it to, to seek a platform, power, position, title. We're not serving people for the applause of others. We serve God's people. We serve God's purpose by serving God's people. And all, all too often, people get caught up and, and get hung up on this idea that there's like this one big thing that God has for me to do. There's this one big thing that God wants and has created me for. And, and, I, and I'm convinced that that idea has hurt so many people, that, that God, all right, what is that one big thing? Because more often than not, that this idea can paralyze people in, into inactivity. All right, well, I, I'm not sure what that one thing is. I'm not sure what my purpose is that God has for me. And so I end up doing nothing. When what God's purpose for us is simply to serve others, where, wherever we are. We, we don't have to go out and start a nonprofit. We don't have to start a, a, a new ministry. I, and I... I I hope I don't embarrass Jen Gaddy too much here, but, but she has a passion for helping people with their personal finances, help, helping people get into a, a financially healthy position situation. And, and that's what she's doing. Like this is something that, that she cares about and she wants to serve other people by doing it. And so she's offering this community class coming up. I'm just saying, hey, like there, there's nothing in it for her. There's not power, prestige, a title. It's no, like, this is something I care about, and I want to help other people. I want to serve other people in this way and, and helping them put together a family budget. I want to serve people in, in this way. I, I, I love that. Like, that, that's, that's God's heart right there, of serving God's purpose 
by serving God's people. And after service this morning, we're having a lunch and training for those who serve in, in our LSC Kids Ministry. Who week in and week out are, are serving the youngest in our church and, and showing them Jesus on a weekly basis. Like serving God's purpose by serving God's people. It doesn't have to be this, this big, enormous thing. Wherever you are, whether it's the sheep pen or the boardroom, what can I do to serve people? What can I do to be a blessing to someone around me? That's the heart of God. When, when, we, let's not get so bogged down on what is my purpose. What is that one thing that God wants me to do? No, no. God, how can I fulfill your purpose by serving your people? Going back to our scripture that we shared at the very beginning, when David had served God's purpose in his own generation. And I want you to think for a moment. Like if, if Luke was writing your story at the, at the end of your life, you know, like w- would he be able to say, you know, when, when Larry had served God's purpose in his own generation, When Angie had served God's purpose in her generation. When Carolyn had served God's purpose in her generation. Like, could, could, can, could, could you imagine somebody writing your story? All right, I, I fulfilled God's purpose in my life. I, w- I wasn't out here trying to find my purpose. No, I was fulfilling God's purpose in my generation. And so I, I want to close kind of with a, with a final thought here about our purpose to serve those around us, that we serve God's purpose by serving God's people. And I, and I mentioned it before, but I'm excited about next week, about the, the prayer walk that we're going to do during our Sunday service next week. We're, we're going to have LSC kids open for our infants through pre-K. Like, so we'll still offer, uh, you know, kids for... for or kids ministry for our youngest ones, but our elementary age kids and our kickstart age kids, like they're going to walk and pray and participate with, with all the rest of us. And how, how it's going to work is that after, after worship next Sunday, we're going to have different leaders that have different groups and different routes. We're going to have one, one group that's going to be circling around Monroe, walking around Monroe School and coming back here to the church. We're going to have one that's going to head over to Miami Hills and circling back around Stanley Clark and coming back to the church. We're going to have one that's going to go down Fellows, down to Riley, back up Erskine to the church. And we're going to have another group that goes down Erskine, over to Ewing, over to Miami, and back up to the church as well. And then we'll have one group here at the church as well. And, and, and I, like I want you to know, like none of these routes are longer than two miles. They're all shorter than two miles. But we're going to serve God's purpose by serving God's people. We're going to pray for people who most of them we probably don't know. We're going to pray and believe for big things for those that live and work and teach and worship and are a part of our community. We're going to serve God's purpose by serving God's people, by praying for and blessing God's people. And we'll have donuts and we'll have coffee available when the groups arrive back here at the church. And so I, I want to encourage everyone, bring your walking shoes, bring, bring some comfortable clothes next week, and come, come with a heart of expectation. Come with a heart that wants to be a blessing to the neighborhood that God has planted us in. 
that we are a church that is for our community. And it's not just, it's not just words that we, that we say. We're going we, we're to back it up with action. We're going to go and we're going to pray. We're going to be present in, in our neighborhood. And I want to encourage you, don't let comfort keep you away. But come and be a part. See, see, what, God, see what God might do. See what God stirs inside of you as, you, as you're praying for, for families and churches and schools and businesses in our area. See, see what, what God maybe challenges you on. See where God might be asking you to, to step up and to serve his purpose right here in our community. I encourage you to be a part of this. It, it's it's going to be an amazing, it's going to be an amazing day. I'm looking forward to seeing what God's going to do. But we serve God's purpose by serving his people. So allow me to allow me just to, if you would, bow your heads and let me just pray for us this morning. Lord, I, I am so incredibly thankful for you. I, I'm grateful, God, for the way that you love us, the way that you have, have positioned us and placed us here for such a time as this, Lord, that, that we have an amazing opportunity, Lord, to serve your purpose, Lord, that we don't have to go trying to find what is that one thing that, God, that you want me to do. I, I, can, I can do that thing. I can fulfill, God, your purpose in my life with a smile, with a handshake, with, with a meal. Like, I, I, can, I can, that we would be satisfied to, to serve in obscurity if that's what you're calling us to do. Lord, that, that we're not out here trying to, to make a name for ourselves or find a, a, a platform or a position or a title or anything like that, God, that we just simply want to be your hands and your feet. God, we want to reflect your heart to those around us. And Jesus, that, that's what you did. You didn't come to be served. You came to serve. And Lord, we want to model our lives. We want to model our church. We want to model our families after you, after that very heart. So Lord, as you continue to lead and guide and direct us, Lord, as, as next week as we, as we prepare just to, to pray for our, our community and our neighborhood, Lord, I pray that you would prepare our hearts, Lord. That if there's, if there's, maybe we feel a little bit uncomfortable, maybe it's, this is something different that we've, we've not, we're not accustomed to, maybe we've not done before. God, that you would help us to be, to be bold and have courage to push through that, e- even in those moments. And God, that you would be honored, you would be glorified. God, that, that as we seek to serve and to love people well, we seek to be that reflection of who you are in your heart. God, I'm, I'm asking that you would just do the incredible. Do what only you can do. That it would not be about us. It would not be about Livingstone's Church. It would not be about expanding our name and our brand. God, it would be about expanding your name right here in our neighborhood. God, we love you. We're so grateful for you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As, as we were talking about serving God's purpose, I mentioned that Jesus is our ultimate example of that. That he was not about building a name for himself. He was not about building a, a brand or a platform for himself at all. He wasn't about serving himself. And, and often, like when, when we think of and we talk about Jesus serving, like what, what comes to mind often is at the Last Supper, Jesus wrapping a towel around himself and bending down and 
washing his disciples' feet. And no doubt that was a moment of of genuine service, but but God's ultimate purpose, what what his original intent for for his son was, to lay down his life as as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. We talked about serving God's purpose by serving God's people, and that's exactly what Jesus did. He served God's purpose by serving all of humanity, by by taking on our sins as his own. And that act of service we remember here today, that as we take communion this morning, that we remember that, that he willingly, that he freely allowed his body to be broken and his blood to be spilled so that you and I can, can be forgiven, so that you and I can live in freedom today. I'm going to pray in just a second. Our ushers are going to come forward and they're going to prepare the the communion elements here. But as the band plays this final song, I want to invite everybody to come to the table. We we have an open communion here at Living Stones. That whether whether you consider LSC your church home or not, you're welcome to come to the table here to partake in communion together. But as we take communion today, you know, we, we might not be asked to, to lay down our lives in service to others as Jesus did. But I want to ask you to contemplate, in what way can I serve God's purpose? By serving God's people with the same heart that Jesus had. The way that he was willing to lay down his life, his preferences, his comfort for what was best for someone else. So as we come forward today, I want us just to be thinking on that. How, how can I have that same heart of Jesus to those around me? Father, we love you. God, we thank you for your body that was broken. We thank you for your blood that was spilled for every one of us. And Lord, I, I pray that as we come forward, as we take communion today, that you would help us have that same heart that you have, a heart that, that is willing to lay down our lives for what's best for others. God, we honor you this morning.